This is the Roden Fellows Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Roden Fellows Podcast from the seventh class of Fellows. I'm your host, Takira George, an English major at Howard University, home of the Bison. Today, I have the pleasure of being joined by another Roden Fellow and some special guests. Let's kick off the podcast by introducing ourselves. Hey, everybody. My name is Cameron Jackson. I'm a senior mass communication student at North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University. And now I'll be introducing my guest. Welcome, Mrs. Goodman Huey. Please give us your Howard intro, the year you graduated, and your current occupation. Hi, everybody. I'm thankful to be here and thank you for having me. Uh, Let's see. So Erica Goodman Huey, I graduated class of 2002, originally from New Haven, Connecticut, moved to DC for Howard and it's forever changed my life. Um, I'm currently a deputy editor at ESPN.com. And I would say, gosh, I, well, for one, I was a journalism and business major at Howard, but Howard was one of the best decisions I ever made. And I'm forever thankful for attending HU. Great. Now for my guest, it's Mr. Jimmy Belton. I'm hoping I'm saying that name correctly. Please correct me if I'm wrong. What? Well, it's James Belton, but they call me Jimmy, you know. Oh, okay, okay. Really no. name. Yeah. Okay. My yeah. apologies. No, nah, no problem. Belton. James Belton. Um, and yes, yes similar, similar, similarly to Miss Goodman, please give us your North Carolina A&T intro, what year you graduated, and your occupation right now. I began attending North Carolina A&T State University in 1979. Um, I did four and a half years. I uh, came out the fall of 83 um, from Charlotte, North Carolina. And after graduating from college with a degree in business with a concentration in marketing, I moved up here to, in 1984, before any of y'all were born, possibly in some cases, <laughs> moved up in 84 to work with the federal government and been have been up here ever since. I'm going, my, going on my 40th year in the federal government. Awesome. 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 That's amazing. Um, Just to recap last episode, we briefly talked about safety at HBCU homecomings in light of the shooting at Morgan State um, University. We were able to talk with, I'm pretty sure, a deputy officer who used to formerly serve at an HBCU and now works at an airport. So it was a very, very insightful conversation. Yes, I completely agree. And this week, we have brought on some alumni from our HBCUs to swap homecoming stories and experiences with each other. And the first question we would like to ask you guys today is, can you talk about your favorite or best homecoming memory? Keep it appropriate. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to start? Erica, you go first. Okay. Okay, I'll start with my first homecoming. I don't know if it's the favorite I have so many stories but so I went to Howard's homecoming at set well I was 16 years old okay and <laughs> so I go down I don't know why my mother allowed me to go but I <laughs> go down during homecoming and I you know I walked across the yard and you just see all these beautiful faces and every kind of black person you could ever imagine and it was just like a dream. It's something I'd only seen on TV. Um, so I the rest of my focus thereafter was you have to get into Howard. There was no other way. There was no other options. I applied to other schools and they were there as backups, but I had sealed the deal. 
like in my mind, it was Howard all the way. And I was never going anywhere else. Like it felt like I was home the moment I stepped on campus and there was no, <laughs> there was no looking back. But um, one of my most memorable homecomings is going back as an alum for the first time, just because it, it gives you a different sense of pride. You kind of feel like, all right, I've done this. I've done yard fest. I've done all the parties, but now it's time for me to actually talk to the students and maybe do some mentorships, maybe do a panel. I even, I have done panels over the years for homecoming and it just gives you a different sense of pride to just come back home. Like it, it automatically clicks once you graduate, I would say. My first, see, growing up in Charlotte, I grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina and came out of high school. I was no, I was, I was that guy that was sitting in the back chilling. Uh, I wasn't the guy that should have been sitting in the front listening. I was in the back with them them jokers. And uh, so my first year out of high school, I went to community college, Central Piedmont Community College in Charlotte, which was a good decision because I had to grow up, right? Then I went to, but that same year in 78, when I graduated, I went to A&T's homecoming. And I'm gonna tell you, I and you know who we were playing? We were playing Howard. I saw so many pretty women, right? God know how to work with a food, right? <laughs> he, sent me, he sent me the homecoming. I got down there. You know what it was like? It was like I was in uh, Wakanda. It was like being in Black Panther. That's what it's like. But not only beautiful women, but I liked how cool the guys were. The guys, the guys had control on their destiny, right? And and I was just so impressed with that. I went back home after that end of that weekend of partying and, and having a good time. I went home and told my parents, I said, I'm going to college. They say, uh, you're already in college. Uh, son, we talking about? I said, no, I'm going to A&T next year. And see, uh, the, the thing with A&T at that time, they would give a joker like me a chance. And I had went to community college. Now it's, it's getting more and more challenging to get into certain universities, which is I understand the demand because, you know, how the world is being divided now with politics and uh, white supremacy and stuff like that. That's why you see such a large uptick in HBCUs. You see a large uptick. So, yeah. So that was my my experience at homecoming. Hmm. I love that both of you, both of you guys had experiences before you went to the school. That's yeah. really cool. Cam, how about you? My favorite homecoming memory. I'd honestly say it was probably the step show. Um, the Greek step show. It was it was just a really I think the atmosphere was just really, really, really cool and fun. Um, the year I went, Terrence J was the host. So that was also cool. I know he's an NCAT alum. So that was really fun. Just seeing all the Greeks. I really like the camaraderie of it. It's really cool. Um, are any of you two Greek, by the way? No. Nah. Oh, no. okay. uh, I, I had an experience I was going to join this one frat right but I did a pickup basketball game in Moore's gym against the, the, the Pomar the head guy for that frat and and I embarrassed him pretty bad and um, and I said you know if I try to join that he going to remember me because I'm light skinned just enough to be recognized out of a crowd so I said, I'm going to just hang back and get my grades together and save my money and finish school on time. <laughs> well, I, 
let me add one thing to that. So, and you all know this because we all went to HBCUs. Even if you didn't pledge a, you know, a D9 fraternity or sorority, everything is a process, right? Like if you join the school paper, it's a process. If you, yeah. I was a um, student ambassador and I don't know if they still have them. I think they do. That was a whole process. We had to like name different, you had to go around campus and identify all the statues even. And there was a whole test and it took like weeks to, just mm -hmm. to show people around the campus. So that's one thing <laughs> you are going to learn at the, you are going to learn a lot of life lessons on these campuses to say the least. So <laughs> everything is a process. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. I'll go to my favorite memory. I think it was maybe my first homecoming. Um, that year was weird because we it was like the COVID year. So we didn't have a mm. freshman year on campus. So mm. I was a sophomore. Yeah. Um, and then I actually they held it indoors, I believe, for some. No, not indoors. They didn't hold it indoors. They held it in like the field. So mm -hmm. you get tickets for that year. It wasn't on the yard. Um, and I didn't get a ticket. And I was a little sad, but I was like, oh, it's OK, because I got a ticket to the fashion show. Now, I haven't missed a fashion show ever. I love fashion, all that stuff. Um, <laughs> and that year was just really cool because it was just like one of my first Howard experiences. Ruby Rose performed like in the middle of it. Didn't know who she was at that time. I knew her after, but um, yeah, I just think it gave me the opportunity to see how creative Howard students were and just the opportunities they were given because I they were just making these outfits and they were preparing them for so long. And then there was these students who wanted to model and they were getting the chance to do that. And I just, I just saw that like Howard had like endless opportunities. I'm on a board of directors at Bowie state on this for the school of business. And what I recommend, we've done some other things in the community. My wife is out of five Lambda women, uh, women's business sorority. They got a chapter on, on Howard's campus. Women's Business Royal, and I'm a man of Iota. I was kind of like a support group for them and stuff. And and uh, at my job, we've done things uh, with mentoring kids in Suitland, Maryland, with the local schools. And we set up two 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 trips to Bowie State University uh, uh, to visit the schools. That's the same way we did with my my me and my wife did with my three kids. Uh, my oldest daughter, she came with the auntie. She she went to homecoming as a child and fell in love. And the other two younger ones, the grades weren't that good at the time, but they went to Bowie State. And uh, thank God for that. So if you really want to encourage your kids to go to college, I tell anybody, take them to a, you know, a homecoming or just a just a general visit experience to see other people like themselves in the classroom uh, succeed. Now, I think that'll help a lot of these kids who are out in the street now committing these crimes. They haven't, they haven't had that opportunity to see that other side of life, you know? Um, so, yeah. I think you make a really good point, Mr. Belton. Absolutely. So transitions into our next question. How is homecoming different now that you guys are graduated from these HBCUs, but you know, People I hear all the time, you know, homecoming's for the alumni, you know, it's not even for the current students. So how is homecoming now coming back to your HBCU now as an alumni and not being a student there? Funny story. I was literally walking to go get my credential for the game last year. And I see Mr. Belton like just casually on the yard. I'm like, oh, wait, hey, what's up? Like, it was really funny. Yeah. 
But yeah, either of you can start. Go ahead, Miss Erica. So, uh, for one, you know, at Howard, when I was in undergrad, we didn't have the tailgate. So all you had was Yard Fest, oh. right? So that the tailgate is new, right? And that is pretty much focused on just alum. So that's a completely different campus. It's like you can you can have your shenanigans without the students seeing it in a way because you want to be that representative, right? You want to be that standard yeah. for them. Um, but you can have your fun at the tailgate without them seeing. So that's that's one one thing. But when you go back as an alum and you look out and you see all these babies out there and you just can like you can kind of like almost categorize what dream and what directions they're looking to go into and just saying to them things like oh nice to meet you bison or oh I love to see the baby bison out here or whatever it is it's just like a deeper connection and you strike up conversations right you tell them about the things you're doing and what you hope they do next and um you kind of become you kind of step into this role of understanding that you're the example for them and why they went to the school so that's one and the other thing is obviously you're no longer at the club right like huh. that that's not the goal you were at brunch you were at brunch all day all night you go to yard fest but it's about like the brunches and the little happy hours you're not going to just stand on the yard because that is more for the, the kids you'll go to the game and hang out and you know catch up with folks and the last thing i'll say is um you kind of, when you walk into corporate spaces, right, and you don't see a lot of people like yourself, um, going back to homecoming, going going back home for homecoming is a reminder, right? It's this like, okay, there are people just like me. These are, you know, across that, that landed all across the world and obviously in, all across the country that I have a connection to, this innate automatic connection to. And that in itself is priceless, a priceless reminder of where you're from, so. Right. I think that Erica said it best. It's it's like it's like coming back to home. It's a kind of old Southern thing. People have a church or something down down south. They have uh, camp meetings, uh, you know, home gatherings and stuff like that. And that's what the HBCU experience is like. Because most HBCUs, you know, church based. You know, small you know private schools. My wife, uh, she's a graduate of Shaw University. She came out in '84. It's like Wakanda, again. You know, you 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 you, you know you live in it, and uh, and that's an important thing for for people of color to have confidence in themselves, to be themselves. You know, to be. Able, and I always say, I tell young people, you know, being black in the professional world, you got to be twofold. You got to be able to give a presentation in the conference room, but you got to be able to kick it on the block with folks. You know. And that's what makes, I think, uh, some people in society, some people, not all, some people uncomfortable with the diversification of America, the coloring of America. Uh, and it's here already, really. It's really here. Uh, and so, uh, uh, that, again, that's why HBCUs are, are, are growing in size, you know, record number of attendance, because uh, unfortunately, the previous administration we had it was not about uh, equality for all. But, you know, one thing about HBCUs, we should use in any universities, use to push uh, folks, uh, you know, at homecoming, you have your good time and stuff, but then you, you connect with people about, you know, career opportunities, uh, support them on the push to vote, 
um, push the vote because that does make a difference. And now look, uh, you got Kamala Harris. Howard That's Gray. right, proud alone. <laughs> That's right. Proud alone. Right. That's right. And, and and some people be saying, well, she can't be the president. I said, why not? Why? She in there. She could be it. She, she could do whatever God wants her to do. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Homecoming going back, looking at the young folks, uh, you know, shooting them, a, shooting them a little piece of advice about how to carry themselves. Don't get... <laughs> Don't get yourself lost in in too much partying, because you got to live another day, another week to 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 represent yourself. So yeah. Thank you both for those great answers, and it's really nice to see that um people that are older than us are willing to mentor us and want to see us do good. But I just experienced my last homecoming this week, and I didn't think about how sad it was until like probably this moment, because in the moment I was having fun, I was out with my friends. We had a um if you guys will let me talk about my homecoming ex experience this um this year. Um there was like a downpour of rain. It was really bad. It was oh, really yeah. bad. Yeah, and people had umbrellas yeah. up. So you couldn't see the stage. Um you could hear and it was raining. So it was a lot going on. But like everything that everything after that was so good. Like just hanging out with my friends and like when else am I gonna have this moment that we can just like have fun and be together? Um, so that was really good. And I did go out at night. <laughs> that was fun, too. Um, I also published a story during Homecoming. Um, it's about Homecoming and a teacher at Howard, if anybody wants to check that out on Anscape. Um, but yeah, this this Homecoming was really good. And I'm glad I got to experience a lot of things. I went to the fashion show again. Amazing, as always. And I can't wait to go back as an alumni and see everything from a different perspective. Um, but Cam, your homecoming is coming up. What are you expecting or hoping for? You know, they don't call it GHO for nothing. And just so the audience knows, GHO stands for greatest homecoming on earth at the North Carolina A&T. So um, I'm just expecting it to be a really fun time. It's my senior year. I'm a, I'm really trying to go all out. Um, I think previous years I was very conservative, like freshman year, our homecoming was basically canceled because COVID, sophomore year, junior year, I was a little bit you know, more conservative. Senior year, I want to have a lot of fun. I'm just expecting it to be kind of like one big happy family. Um, Very excited to be at the tailgate and things like that. Yeah. It's gonna That's be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this cool. is the last time you'll get free tickets, so <laughs> appreciate it while you can. Yeah, absolutely. you have to buy them when you're no love. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I saw Karen last year. We, what we do, we post up. Man, we don't go into the game. It's too crowded, too crazy. So we post up on the yard right outside the stadium in front of Merrick Hall, a school of business where I went. We up on this little, you know, sloped hit little hill, you know, and we set up there and, and it's grown so big. That you know, a lot of people sitting around. They got tables out there so we can eat, and people have music. It's such a cool thing, you know. Uh, the only thing I'm concerned about with homecoming is, you know, how the city of Greensboro. You know, I, I'm gonna mention that to the alumni association is that uh, we need to talk to the Chamber of Commerce or someone about the price of hotels 
uh, when A&T come to town for homecoming, uh, rooms could be as full, 400 plus a night, you know, and people paying over a thousand dollars for three nights. Uh, and, you know, that kind of economic boom, what kind of return we get as a school, right? Uh, so that shows you the power, the power of, 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 of the dollar, you know, uh, and how people can gout, try to gouge you because it's you coming in versus maybe other universities don't have that same, you know, rate of charge, but we'll find out. Mr. Jimmy, are you planning to come back this year? Yeah, I'll be down there. Yes, ma'am. We'll be down there. Same spot, Lord willing. (laughs) All right, cool. I'm going to definitely stop by that spot. Mrs. Goodman Huey, I was looking online the other day and I saw this thing called alumni tents and they were like $3,000 a piece. Have you ever gotten an alumni tent? I never purchased one. I've hung out in them. So, for years up until so my last homecoming was 2018 and I went pregnant I was pregnant um so yeah I hung out in the tent I didn't buy one but I would always volunteer for things so I would do either a panel or say I don't know I was I used to um, volunteer for the New York alumni chapter so I would you know go as a representative of the New York chapter so you would get invited to all the tents without having to put in your money because the alumni associations would sort of back it but you'd obviously have to you know, do whatever it is to to work for the school. And then um, before I got to ESPN, I was at Ebony Magazine. So mm-hmm. Ebony would do things at the various homecomings. So I would go on their behalf. So I was always working. That's another thing. My homecoming experiences were different because I always found a way to work it or volunteer in some way. So you'd have fun at, like I said, the brunches or if I did make it to a happy hour. But during the day, be it in a tent or the tailgate or on the yard, I would mostly be working so it is what it is so we're approaching the end of the podcast now before I, I ask my final question cam do you have a question for them pretty i think i think we touched on everything so my last question that i am very curious to hear is cam and i are about to graduate may 2024 save the date um <laughs> do you guys have any advice for us going into the world as young black educated individuals who are really trying something new for the first time let's see so many things so first i would say as soon as you graduate as soon as you land in the respective city you're going to be in find your alumni chapter right like sign up right away get in touch with folks because those are the people that will be your connections right and they'll people that will put you onto things you never imagined right away without any question those people will connect you um, after that, I would say, hmm, always be willing to try something new. You come out of college thinking, this is my dream. This is my path. Constantly thinking about how the world is changing, especially we work in media. How is that evolving? Like this, you want to be a digital editor, but what is that going to look like in five years, 10 years? And meet those people, be it through your HBCU alumni or beyond. Talk to those people, see where they're going, see where the, um, the leaders in your business are working towards. Um, constantly stand the know. And I know as soon as I graduated, like I said, I joined the alumni group, but I also joined every media organization for young people in New York City at the time that I could put get my hands on. And I met with other people my age, like talk to your peers, share information, never be a gatekeeper, right? Give 
and share information and help others. If someone is mentoring you, and I know you've probably heard this before, be as much help to them as they are to you. So make it a reciprocal relationship. Thank you so much, Mrs. Goodman-Huey. Um, Mr. Beltman, do you have any advice for us? So I know Cam has some uh, work experience. Uh, I, I would tell any kid uh, to get an internship during their time in college and then and then major, uh, you know, through the uh, through this through this uh, career center and and through your department heads as well. Uh, uh, this is a good time for it's a good time for communication because you got you got so many different you got tech there's so many different platforms now with technology that you can YouTube yourself, you can uh, TikTok yourself, or whatever the case may be. Like we're doing here, you can Zoom Zoom session and and that's still a, a under it's still a under representation of people of color. So in your in your jobs that you had, you know, going and you know doing the time in school, summer internships or whatever the case may be, you know, connecting those jobs, learn what you can learn, then pivot pivot to the next to the next progression coming. You know, because uh, AI is a big factor now. You know, how is that going to impact you and your ability to do your job? Um, have a bark up there playing as, like they're you. <laughs> and, and, and you know what I'm saying? That's why, the, that's why the actors are still striking like they are, because they've seen themselves be uh, represented and it wasn't them. Uh, so, uh, and always I tell people too, with the, uh, look, look, Google, you know, Google information about what's in demand. Like with the media thing, I'm, you look at data science, data science or data analytics. It's a huge thing now. We we connected with my Blacks in Government group. I'm the president of the Census Bureau. We connected with Bowie State and with the director. So we got an agreement to uh, program to hire Bowie State students in data science. And data science can be applied to any profession to, to learn how to interpret and tell the story using data whether it's the weather, whether it's sales, whatever the case may be. So you always try to stay ahead of the curve on what's in demand. And that's that's the biggest thing with career growth is seeing what's coming down the road. And y'all are young, so you can take an opportunity to you know move to a different position. You don't have to be a lifelong member to the job like I am. I'm, I'm one of the last people that's going to be like that. So yeah, keep your eyes and ears open. Get involved with association, professional groups to, to make networking contacts to, you know, see what career opportunities, because a lot of opportunities come from that, which you know is who you know. Thank you so much for that great advice. So that's all for today's episode. To our audience, thank you for tuning in with us for another year of the Fellow Podcast. We'd like to give a very special thanks to Mrs. Goodman-Huey and Mr. Beltman for taking time to be with us and share their experiences. Extra thanks to Parker Owens and the ESPN Digital Audio Content Team. Get all the Roden Fellow Podcast episodes, HBCU podcasts, by subscribing to Anscape, listening to the ESPN app, and make sure to join us next time for another HBCU podcast. And don't forget to go on, An on the Anscape website and look at the latest news and insight. The Roden Fellowship and Scholarship will be closing in just about a week on October 30th. 30th. So make sure to head to uncf.org and apply.